this full house. You know what that tells me is this. At the beginning of the summer, we said that it's a, a season of miracles, that God's doing some amazing things around here, and that we were going to take a season of rest because it's summertime, right? But we weren't going to take a season of spiritual rest. We were going to stay engaged, see what God could do in and through us through the summer. And I just want to say real loud, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, I'm going to do something real quick. We did this the first service, and I, I just felt like today during worship, there was just like a, a, a tension that people just wanted to, to let go and give God everything they could in praise. And so can we take about five seconds and just lift the name of Jesus up? Come on, there's giving praise in this house. Hallelujah, Lord. You're good. You're faithful, God. You're a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah, Lord. Man. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, today is the first day in our new series called Mixtape. And I know you like the video. That was hilarious. But, but how many, let me ask you a question. How many has ever seen a cassette tape before in your life? Like you physically put your eyes on. Okay, now let me, let me go back. How many has ever had your, a cassette tape in your hand? Okay, okay, okay. That's a little less, people. How many has ever, with that cassette tape, you made a mixtape? Yeah, there's the children of the late 70s and 80s. Yeah, you did. How many knows what to do with a pencil? All right. I think germinating in my spirit is a word from the Lord for next Sunday. And I don't know what it is. I was riding my motorcycle on the way to church today, and the Lord said, there's something with the pencil. There's something with the pencil and the tape you got to talk about. But he hasn't told me what that is yet. So um, maybe he'll talk about how he'll round up or ravel up or work out the mess of your life. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, but, um, but there's something. Okay, so let me just ask you here, how many married the girl or the guy that you made the mixtape for? Come here. David, right here. Come here. Come here. Come here. David, we the man right there. Our mixtape's rocked. Woo! Man, our mixtapes had mojo all over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it came down to it, um, we would make these tapes. Now, it's not like that now, you know. Y'all have it easy, young people. All my millennial friends. How many? Make some noise, millennials, in the house, all you 20-somethings. Yeah, yeah, we got a bunch of you. I love it. Here's the thing. You have it easy because all you got to do is drag and drop. Spot. Oh, yeah, even just even, even, even easier. Just... Spotify, you know, and um, for us it was work. You had to get your dual deck, boom box, okay, or your or your or your console unit. I had a sound design. <laughs> yeah, I was cheap, and you had to have that. And then you put a master tape in it. You know, something was going to give you some sound. And you put your recording tape in it. And you'd hit play on the master side, the music side, and you hit pause real quick because you had to get it ready. And then on this side, you'd have the blank tape, and you'd hit record and pause, you know. Now you're all ready. And all you have to do is mash them buttons and magic. <laughs> Say magic. Yeah, 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 magic. Love would just pour forth into the tape. The message of, of what you had to express to the other person would be there. And, and now that wasn't always that. Sometimes there was party mixes. I can remember having a party mix that had, you got to fight. For your right to <laughs> And that one will go from there to a few other things and always come back to brass monkey. That funky monkey. Brass monkey. Right? Remember? Oh, yeah. So you had party mixes. You had in that, at times you'd have like a, a road trip mix. You know what I'm saying? And so, but there was always the mix that you would lay down that was going to be the mixtape for the one, you know. And this mixtape you would create to send the perfect message of your interest in that other person, you know. They just had to know. And so there was a message. Say this. Say there was a message to the music. And even though on that mixtape there'd be various styles and various tempos, when it came down to it, there was a theme that was being delivered. And how many, when you got that mixtape, with every song you listened to, your heart was filled with the thoughts that that person had of you, right? That's the first thing. And then also the possibilities of where this relationship just might go. 
right? Oh, yeah. Like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. Peter Cetera had to be on every single one of those. You had to get some Chicago in there, too, if you were from my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you see me walking by and the tears are in my eyes, look away, baby, look away. Dude, that was a song that told me I needed my wife. I'm saying, I watched that. I'm like, I'm never going to be the one that, that looks at her and goes, I didn't get her. I had to have that girl, you know what I'm saying? So I made a killer mixtape, and I gave it to her, and, and it defined our relationship. It defined that, you know? And so here's the thing. I want to give you a picture of something. This right here is the most amazing mixtape ever made, isn't it? The Word of God, the Bible, is one of the most amazing mixtapes ever made, full of various peoples and styles and tempos. Oh, yeah, slow tempos. You've read Leviticus? I mean, I'm not saying it's not good, you know. I'm, it's, it's Simon and Garfunkel of the Word of God. You know what I mean? It's like a bridge over trouble. No, so, so, yeah, so, I mean, there's that. So different styles and various tempos and various themes. But when it comes down to it, it has the main message of God's hope for a broken, sin-filled world. That's the main message, and it's a, a song of love. It's a song of redemption that comes forth. And what it is is this. It's God's gigantic, awesome way of DTRing our lives. How many knows what I mean by DTR? Anybody? Yeah, some of the young ladies know. Defining the relationship. Because that's what that mixtape did. You know what? I didn't give that to my buddy. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't like, hey, Bob, here, you know? No, that wasn't happening. But man, when it came to Amy, there came a point where I wanted to D, everybody say DTR. I wanted to define the relationship. And I needed her to know what this heart was feeling about her. And so I was going to create this mixtape that would express that message. And when it comes to God, we need to know what the Word declares over us. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is a message of hope. This is a message of love. This is a message of value. This is a message of acceptance. This is a message of challenge. This is a message of shout victory. victory. Deliverance. That's what this is. Now, here's the thing. Some of y'all were sold a bill of goods that was a lie. And when somebody tried to DTR for you what religion was or what Christianity it was, at least, they sold you a song of religion, not a song of redemption. I'm going to run that back. They sold you a song of religion, not a song of redemption. And so for some of you, the message you heard when you think about the church, and maybe you're here today, for some of you, it's the idea of judgment. It's the idea of you'll never measure up. It's the idea of legalism. It's the idea of, 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 of indignation that comes against you. Rather than trying to rise you up, you always feel less, right? And here's the thing. There's people in your life that you come in contact with every day. Thank God that's not this house. But there's people in life that you come with every day. The message they think God is sending to them, the DTR, the defining the relationship that they're hearing from others and what they might think the enemies lie in their mind is that all this is is a place of judgment and legalism and it's boring and there's better to things to do on a Sunday morning. Who cares about Sunday morning? Man, I don't know about you, my Christianity is a seven-day-a-week thing. There's a whole lot of neat things to happen seven days a week, amen? But it starts with that, that idea that ah, there's nothing in it for you. And so this message of hope, this message of love is so important. Here's why. Because there are people drowning in what they think God's word says. It's not the message of God's word, but they're drowning in what they think God's word said. And all I'm going to say this morning, this mixtape, it's the song of redemption. Jesus, with everything, laid his life down, a ransom for many. With everything, laid his love down for us. And he's the groom, and we're the bride. And, and it makes sense that at times, Scripture sounds a little like Luther Vandross. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Yay, I'm with you always, even until the ends of the earth. That's love talk right there. 
And I know we're dudes in here. We got as many. Look around here. We, we always have as many men, if not more men in this house than women. That blows my mind. I love this house. Praise the Lord. You crazy dudes. That's crazy. But I'm going to tell you, dudes, you're the prettiest bride I ever seen. And he's our groom. And he loves us with an everlasting love. And that's weird for us to, to have that kind of dichotomy, that kind of picture, you know. But all I'm saying is that's what this is. It's a storybook of love. Not a storybook. It's a, 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 a mixtape of love and redemption. And, and the song of the redeemed, we begin to see all the way back. I mean, in Genesis, the whole Bible begins with this intimate relationship between the creator, God, and man. And then that is lost because of sin and because of rebellion. And, and I'm a rebellious sinner at times. Amen? Don't you amen that too hard. And so are you. And that was lost, that intimacy. And God's always beginning to work toward us and give us an opportunity for redemption and ransom and, in, and intimacy again. But that's how Genesis starts. And by the end of Genesis, you see a man by the name of Joseph, who is Jacob's son. Jacob is another name for Israel. We call Jacob Israel, Father Israel. And Israel has all the, 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 the nation, as we would see the Hebrews now. All his kids become that. And so we end up at the end of Genesis seeing a man by the name of Joseph who brings his family out of the area of Canaan, out of the area that we know of Israel now, and brings them to Egypt. And over a period of 400 years, so we start off good. The, the Pharaoh, man, he loves Joseph. He's placed a place of special honor with the Israelites at first, but that Pharaoh dies and generations pass, and there's the Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph. And now we begin a, a, a Exodus with the idea of bondage. When you look at the next passage of Scripture, the next chapter, or the next book, it's a, a book of bondage at first. And so you see this whole group of people in bondage, and Moses is sent to declare freedom to the people. And he's sent to go and say this, I, he says, let my people go. Now what's beautiful about that is it's not just Moses' people. He's speaking under the unction and prophetic move of God, and it's literally God saying to Pharaoh, let my people go. Those are my people. That's who I have a relationship with. Let them go. And so that's where we see this. And God sets his people free in the first part of Exodus. And we begin hearing the song of the redeemed declared. This message of hope starts to manifest in scripture. And it shows us what we can experience through the power of God. Not a distant God, but a God that will separate the Red Sea and walk you through on dry land. Not a distant God, but a God that will destroy the adversary that is coming against you. Not a distant God, but a God that is close and imminent. Amen? So we begin to see this, and Exodus says this. And here's what I want you to do. God sets his people free, and this message of hope starts to be declared. And in Exodus 15, we start to see something that's called basically the song of the redeemed. It's the song of deliverance. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but let's look at a few things in Scripture. Some of this message of hope. This mixtape of hope. It says, Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And so Moses begins quickly. To offer a song of redemption. And the people of God a song of hope. What's beautiful is when Moses finishes out his five books. Because at the end of the Pentateuch. Everybody, the Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis through Deuteronomy. And when he finishes it out in verse, in chapter 32. Write that down. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. I'm not going to read that. But please, on your own devotional time, take time reading it. It's a really long song. And it's called the Song of of Moses. And it's Moses declaring the work of the Lord. So from the time of the Exodus to Deuteronomy, he's beginning to declare the work. And the entire song focuses in on God and his faithfulness and love against the backdrop of sinful man. Not against the backdrop of your perfection. Not that God just gets involved when you get it figured out. But the backdrop of your struggle. God shows up in the midst and begins to sing over you. God shows up in the midst and begins to allow you to have an opportunity to call him your God, your triumphant God, your salvation. Amen? And so that's what we begin to see. And Moses closes out that time. And, and at time, I'm going to be honest, I love this, that God enters into that sinful backdrop. It's not that God enters into what's perfect. At times, God enters into your mess. He really does. You know why? 
God can't help himself. Now, hold on. I know the sovereignty of God. God can do anything. And to say he can't, no, no, no. He's a father, though. And he can't keep himself from his creation. He loves you. Amen? And you may feel tore up from the floor up, messed up from the chest up, right? You may feel that. But he comes running with redemption. He comes running with ransom. He comes with hope to deliver to you this song, this message of, you're my child. Come to me. I love that so much. In Isaiah 35 verse 10, the song kind of continues. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow. Watch this. And sighing shall flee away. Every one of us in this room at times, things in life, ha. Ah. Every go like that, ha. Ah. That's sighing. It's Ah, how many is having some things right now in your life? It's like, ah. If your ha ah is sitting right beside of you, just raise your eyebrows a little. <laughs> don't, don't, don't elbow them. Don't look at them. Just, just kind of, I'm seeing a lot of parents with eyebrows raised. I really, no. And so throughout Scripture, this mixtape of love continues. I love, I, love, I love David. You know, the message of hope is beautifully declared by what really is one of the greatest songwriters ever that we could ever experience. And, and the psalmist David, he, he would say things like this, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Isn't that beautiful? This is a song of David as he sings before the Lord. And he says, you surround me with shouts of deliverance. I love that. Because what does that mean? That means when I come into the house of the Lord, there's an opportunity for me to hear the victory that's in somebody else's life. And as they lift their voice up with a shout of deliverance, I am surrounded by that shout of deliverance. There's some people in here right now, they need to hear the church rise up with a shout of deliverance in this place. Amen? So can I ask you, has God set you free of anything? Don't let them yeah, yeah, amen by themselves. Has God set you free of anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. So when we come into the house of God, David's saying, man, my God's done all this, and I'm surrounded with shouts of deliverance. I I told told Chad, this is a, a pastor friend of mine, I leaned over to him, I said, our people whoop. I've never been in a church where people whoop. I mean, you hear amen, you hear hallelujah once in a while, but most of the time it's just woo. Cracks me up. It's like Friday night, woo. I don't know what it is. But shouts of deliverance. And he's saying that's the song that he's hearing, and he's so blessed to hear it all around him. In Psalms 40, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog. This is your God. Your God of hope, that message, that mixtape of love for you. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Watch this. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Everybody say, your wondrous deeds. Before we end, we're going to come back to that. I love that. Your wondrous deeds. Some, some translations say your marvelous works. But I love that. We're going to come back to it. None can compare with you. I'll proclaim and tell them, yet there are more than can be told. He's reflecting on the love of his Father and the wonderful deeds of God. And this is a man, listen, 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 who was an adulterer. This is a man who was a murderer. This is a man, because of sin in his life, his children hurt because of it. This is not a perfect man. But he was being perfected. This isn't a house for perfect folk, but it sure is a house for being perfected. Amen? You can give God praise for that. I say it so often, we're a place where you can come as you are, but we're definitely not a place where we want you to stay as you came, you know? And most of us in here, we don't want to stay as we came, you know? We want the power that God has to change our lives. And that was David. David would incline his ear to the Lord. He would lean toward the Lord. And David died a victorious man. Amen? Amen? That adultery, that murder, and those wrong deeds, they were forgiven and washed away. And he stood righteous before his heavenly Father. And so we see in the middle of the book, if you will, the middle of the Bible, we see all the Psalms 
of the redeemed there in the book of Psalms. And then Revelations 5 at the end, we begin to pick it up at the end of time. So we see at the beginning, the middle, and now at the end of time, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you, take the scroll, and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people. That's how much his love was. He paid a price for us. You ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. I'm thankful that Momentum Church is starting to look a little bit more like a place that has every tribe, every tongue, every nation in it. Amen? Oh, we're a long time coming from where we want to be, but thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Amen? So when it comes to it, you see this song of the redeemed even in the end of time. It says one final thing at the end of Revelations. You see a song. It's calling back to the song of Moses. That song I'm asking you in Deuteronomy 32 to study out. And it says, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds. O Lord God, the Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the nations, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. So we can clearly see that the word of God is a mixtape, if you will, that tells the story of God's love and hope. But also, listen, it's not just that. For us to get the word right in our heart, to understand what he's saying over us, it's not just that. The word of God is also that mixtape that we are supposed to be a part of. Amen? And so I want to tell you something. I only got one point today. This is my only one point in the whole sermon. Get in the mix. Can you say that? Get in the mix. mix. Say it like you got a little swagger. Get in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the mix. Get in the mix. Get in the mix. That message of hope has always been known as the song of the redeemed. You, (laughs) you are the redeemed of the Lord. I would just say it this way. You're the redeemed of the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. (laughs) Yeah, that's who you are, the redeemed. And so we get in the mix. It's our place to receive, and it's our place to be a a, a sender of that message. A mixtape was designed to always be given away, right? It was designed to deliver a message to another person. And we're invited to be a part of the song of redemption, this message of hope, and to give that message to another person. God's been always, he's always had people throughout time extolling his message of hope. And so it's our place now to do that. The song of hope we saw kind of had a beginning there in Exodus, and we saw it continue to flourish throughout the scripture there in Psalms. And you can find these songs all over the place throughout the Bible. We see it at the end of time in Revelation. But guess what? I'm not so much worried about the beginning of time. I'm not so much worried about the end of time. I'm worried about the sweet by and by. Not that. I'm worried about the rough now and now, as my dad used to say. I'm worried about right now. Being one in this church age, say church age, being one in this church age that will allow the message of hope to be sent from my life and from your lives. That's what I want to look at. And so the beginning of the church age, it started 2,000 years ago on a day called the Day of Pentecost. Now, I said Pentecost, and for some of you, um, your shorts just like, like you just, just, whoa, Pentecost. That freaks me out a little bit. How many of you were raised to be freaked out by the word Pentecost? Raise your hand. Anybody? A few people are just a little afraid to even, yeah, yeah. So at this time, we're going to bring out the snakes. <laughs> and we're going to hear you shout shouts of deliverance. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. No, no, but when it comes down to it, on the day of Pentecost, that's the day that the church was established the day that God did this powerful work and the birthing of the church took place and that same powerful church guess what it still exists today if we wanted to if we'll act like it if we'll rise up with that message of hope allowing that message of hope to have its work in us and allowing God to use that message of hope through us to reach others a same powerful church I believe by faith I'm looking at that powerful church right now I hate that. When I go away and I come back, I get so choked up. (laughs) Don't cry. Stay strong. Stay strong. Serious. You're powerful, powerful people. 
God has a powerful mind, a work to do in mind for, for you. And so what we see here, let's look at Acts 2. Let's, I'm going to kind of go past the first portion to verse 5. Let's go to verse 5. And it says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the sound of a mighty rushing wind, the multitude came together and they were confused because they heard everyone speak in their own language. And then they were all amazed and they marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? I mean, aren't these all like the same kind of folk? What in the world's going on? God doesn't want just the same kind of folk all gathering together. He's ready for his church to have diversity. He's ready for his church to look like heaven, you know? And so here it says, and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Now, obviously, I understand the day of Pentecost was the day the power of God fell upon the church. People were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in tongues. And, and, and I'm not teaching on that today, okay? I don't want to make light of that because I believe in that. But the thing I want you to catch is, as God's power moved upon them, a relevant message, a message that could be understood by all different types, was able to be heard in their ears, and they were able to receive and praise and give honor to God for something. Watch. These are people from Parthian, the Medes, the Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya joining Cyrene, visitors from both Rome, both Jews and proselytes. So Jewish people by birth and those that have come into the faith of Judaism by choice. Cretans. So your brother-in-law was there? Okay. And Arabs, it says here, listen, this is so cool. This relevant message of God that they received was this. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. There it is again. The song of the redeemed, the song of God's movement throughout time to do something in people's lives that causes them to celebrate God in such a way that when other people hear it, they can honor also the deeds of the Lord. They can honor also what God is doing. Amen? Now, you may say, some of those that were raised more Pentecostal, but I thought this was just tongues. It was, but it wasn't just tongues because obviously the hearing was something even more miraculous than the tongues. And, and I believe this. In your private life, in your prayer time, I hope you allow God to move in your spirit. I hope you get filled with that touch of God and can pray in tongues. That's a powerful thing. I do it every day. But when I go to Walmart, like a couple nights ago, and talk to a man by the name of Alex, I'm not going to speak in tongues to Alex. Because he's going to freak out. <laughs> but in my prayer time, as God does a work in my life, and now I'm with Alex, and he gives me a word, I'll be quick to say it. Amen? Because I'm not afraid in my prayer time to do what God told me to do. And so now in our natural times, I'll speak English to anybody about what God wants me to do, or what God wants to say to him. Does that make sense? All right? So I just don't want you to miss what I'm trying to get at today. What I'm trying to get at today is this idea of the wonderful works of God being declared and this diversity on day one of the church. Say diversity. diversity. On day one, people of all walks and backgrounds, God is drawing to himself. Now, let's go back because that's a miraculous thing. And we know after Peter preaches, 3,000 come to salvation. We know that on this day. But let's go back to the first two verses of chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. All right, Ross, what does that mean? The day of Passover, Jesus was slain for our sins. Ten days later, 40 days Passover. Ten days later, we have the idea of, of the day of Pentecost, which was a natural celebration that they had to celebrate the giving of the law. And the Jewish people would celebrate on the day of Pentecost the giving of a law that was written on tablets. But now the church, God writes the law of his spirit on our hearts. Amen? In a sense, he gives us, even the Bible says, a new song. This new thing written on our hearts to live after. Not a law on tablets, but a law on our hearts. And so the day of Pentecost was something the Jew would celebrate every year to honor the giving of the law. And God in his sovereignty chose that day to be the day for the power of the Holy Spirit to come down. They didn't know that was going to happen. You know, they didn't know that, you know, um, uh, that Pentecost was going to be the day. All they knew is Jesus said, go tarry in Jerusalem in the upper room, all right, the same room where they had had the Passover meal with Jesus, go tarry in the upper room, and you will be endued with power, power will come upon you, to be able to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, and how many know that Woodstock, Georgia is a part of the uttermost parts of the earth that that witness got to? 2,000 years later. It's a beautiful thing. 
And God is still doing that through his people. And it goes on and it says this, and they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As a church that has Pentecostal roots, what does that mean for us? We want to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? I want the works that we see in the book of Acts to still be the works that we see in the church of Jesus Christ today. Amen. Amen. People still in this world need deliverance. People still in this world need healing. People still in this world need victory. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to see that. And that doesn't happen with weak vessels unless the weak vessel is filled. It doesn't. And so God's power comes in us and allows us to do powerful things beyond us. Why? So that the marvelous works of God can be declared. So the song of the redeemed can continue. So that the sound of the church lines up with the sound of the heart of our God. Amen? And so we see two keys here. And the first one is this. We see here that they were all in one place. And the second is they were all in one accord. And I'm just going to say this. I believe that Momentum Church is a special place. I do. Now listen, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to just brag on us. Listen, I think, man, I think if you, God tells you to go to First Baptist, First Baptist, man, you go to First Baptist. That's a good place. Amen? If God tells you to go to Thrive Chapel, you get on down there to Thrive Chapel. If God tells you to go to Dwelling Place Church, you go to Dwelling Place Church. We got a church planner here right now. Chino. Lydia, stand up, guys. You know you got to go to their church because their church is called Greater Church. It's just better than everybody. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> They're planting over in Kennesaw. We love them, you know. If God said go to Greater Church, guess what? Go to Greater Church. If God said go to the Kingdom Hall of the Jehovah Witness, don't go. <laughs> That's a cult. They sing a different song. All right. But God has made this a very special place. He really has. There's just a uniqueness about this house where, where we're going to love you just as you are, but we're going to challenge you to go beyond who you are. When you are trying to go be who you are, who you are and you stumble and fall, we're going to be the first to say that, that, that a righteous man falls six times and on that seventh he stands, you know? We're going to be the first to say that and to encourage you and tell you to have patience. And, and um, man, I was so proud in the first service we had a young man get saved. And man, he's going through all sorts of stuff. And man, he's just saying, I want to raise my family in the things of God. Making that decision. Come on. Amen. The things he's going through, a lot of churches would have just slammed the door in their face, you know? But that's not who you are. It's a special place. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to honor the place, but did not Jesus say, go to Jerusalem and tarry? He didn't say, keep wandering. So I'm going to tell you right now, get someplace. If Momentum Church isn't it, get there. But if Momentum Church is here, join in the sounds of deliverance, the shouts of deliverance in this house of what God is doing here in people's lives. And let's team up and allow the message of hope to go forth from the four walls of this house to the whole community. Amen? You can give God some praise on that. Amen. This is a special place. I'm going to tell you how special this place is. Um, and it's because of y'all. Y'all have allowed us to grow the way we've grown. Not numerically. I'm talking culture in our hearts, you know, and just who you are and the kinds of people that you reach. And, and um, two months ago, I was preaching in Alabama to a group of pastors, and I was just talking to them about churches like ours and what's it look like to start churches like Greater Church. And, and so along those lines, there was a pastor there, and um, he got a hold of me and said, I want to come in. I'm doing my doctoral thesis Oh, smart man. Smart man. No, I'm teasing. And uh, this is Chad Payne. Can you welcome our friend Chad today? Just talking about the place. There's something special, something special here. And so Chad has come in, and when this service is over, there's a handful of people that, that are going to be interviewed by him just asking those questions of, why this? You checked out on religion. You checked out on the things of God. You were either de-churched unchurched or poorly churched you know and God has got a hold of you in this house why why and he's doing his doctoral thesis on that kind of subject and so that's awesome guys 
what you're doing is being resounded in the earth, you know, and Jesus is being glorified because of your hearts and the culture that you all are creating. And so we just want to give honor to Chad as he comes today. So that's just speaking of the place. It's a special place. The second thing that we see here, it says they were in one accord, one accord, people of all different backgrounds sounding together. Isn't that awesome? People of all different backgrounds. And, and when it comes down to it, the, the Greek word for the one accord is where we get our word harmony. They're singing a song, but they're all in one accord. Different people, all different backgrounds, all different walks, but they're joining together in chorus. They're taking each other's hands in one accord and making a difference. Marie, can I hold your hand? Come on. Let's walk. Go ahead. Give her your book. We're just going to walk. I didn't tell her I was doing this. Marie's. Marie Jean-Louis from Haiti. And when we first got her, my wife would go, Marie Jean Louise. And I was like, baby, it's not Marie Jean Louise. <laughs> it's Marie Jean-Louis. I love it. And so, you know, people of all different backgrounds. I think it's an awesome thing. We've got people from different age groups, you know. In the first service, we had a few people that were a lot older, and you're not that old, but you got white hair, so I'm gonna grab you, Danny. <laughs> He's one of my buddies, too. I grabbed one of our, 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 our septuagenarians, I think is how you say it. Grab, grab Marie's hand, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so we're linked together. People all of different backgrounds, various types. Travis, get up in here. You got tats all over. I love it. Grab his hand, you know. People of all different backgrounds. and all. Where's Juan? Juan, are you in here? Get over here, Juan. Miguel, how you doing? You can stay there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that's little brother. That's little brother. Come here, Juan. Grab a hold. I, I use your, don't you tell your father-in-law. That I called him old because I didn't. I just, he's older than a lot of us, that's all. And so people of all different various backgrounds, all different, oh, we need a Greek up in here. Come on up in here. I, I don't even know what that means, you know. And so <laughs> all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different cultures. How many, I need, in the first service, I grabbed a soccer mom. I don't see any, like, like, like little Kelly is such a soccer mom. And so, Renee, I'm just going to grab you. Grab, get down there. Get down there. So all different backgrounds, all different walks. You know who I want, you know who I want, I want to grab right now? I want to grab a millennial. Come here, Kat. Come on, sweetie. Get up in here. Yeah, yeah, grab, grab her. You know, I think that's long enough for now for, to make the point. But they were all in one accord, you know, singing together. Isn't this neat? What a beautiful group of people. Diver ATN, get up in here. Come here. Come on, get up in here. All right, go down there with Catherine. This is going to be fun. Now, here, I'm going to tell you something about, about ATN. ATN is my friend. ATN come to see his buddy get baptized. And his buddy, oh, no, the other way around. His buddy came to see him get baptized and brought life change to a bunch of families. It's amazing to see what God does. And so, here, stretch out that way. All in one accord, all connected, all united in harmony. Isn't that awesome? We need more people that look like Marie. We need more people that look like Danny. We need more people, amen? amen? That look like every single one of these people. Travis, we need more people that look like Travis. I love you, Travis. How many loves Travis, amen? Juan and Peter and Renee and Catherine and Etienne. I'm glad I didn't forget any of your names. All right. <laughs> so proud of you guys. Now listen, I want to have you go back to your seat, but before the service is over, I'm going to call you back up, so don't go nowhere, okay? Stay close. I'm going to call you back up, all right? Go to your seat for a real quick second, and we're going to close this service. But in one accord, people of all different backgrounds, and here's the thing that's important about that. In Psalms, that same David that sang so beautifully, he said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Not in sameness, but in unity. And here's what's powerful about that passage. At the end, it says, for there, that place of unity, for there the Lord commands his blessing life forevermore. Sounds like a song of the redeemed to me. And here's the thing, as we embrace diversity, amen, the commanded blessing of the Lord will come on this house even greater. Do you know that? And I'm not saying that, that, that something artificial, I'm saying the love of God open for everyone. God, bring people in by the masses, all different types, backgrounds, cultures, etc., and it says the commanded blessing of the Lord will come upon them. Behold how good and how pleasant. It's important for people to join themselves together because our world needs it. Amen? Watch this video. And we'll close. Tonight with an incredible rescue. It happened over the weekend off the Florida Panhandle. Mark Strassman is there. 
It was happening probably right here, actually. Jessica Simmons heard panic coming from the Gulf of Mexico. They kept yelling at us like, help us, help us. We can't do it. We can't do it. A riptide had trapped brothers Noah and Stephen Ursry in 15 feet of water. Roberta Ursry is their mother. And I seen my husband, my mama, my oldest daughter, and my youngest daughter, and my nephew, but I didn't see my boys. They were screaming and crying that um, they were stuck. They couldn't go nowhere. Some people on this beach swam out to save them, including four members of the Ursry family. But once out in that water, even those rescuers needed rescuing. 100 yards offshore, suddenly nine heads were bobbing in the water, many on the verge of going under. This cell phone video shows strangers linked arm in arm formed a human chain. Five people grew to 15 and eventually around 80. Jessica Simmons and her husband Derek, both strong swimmers, reached the exhausted victims of the current and guided them on a surfboard one by one to the human chain and safety. Did you think all nine were gonna survive? Yes, I knew they were. Because I knew because I was gonna make sure. Barbara Franz was rescued unconscious. She had a heart attack fighting the riptide. The human chain saved all of them. Something was simply stronger than the rip current. A group uh -huh. of strangers pulling together. Come on, something stronger than the rip current, amen? Amen. If strangers pulling together, let that line of people can make a difference, what can happen when the family of God will act like the family of God, amen? What will happen when we look at each other with a sense of responsibility that I'm here for you and you're here for me and we're here for those that are out there that that message, that song of love, that song of hope will be transmitted from this house to others. Amen? So that story, Roberta Ursary's family, the salvation that comes through Jessica and Derek Simmons is powerful. It's a dramatic rescue that took place on that beach. And listen, don't let this be lost on you. It saved three generations of Ursaries. Three generations as swimmers joined together their hands to drag people from the, 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 the tugging grip of the Gulf of Mexico. Here's something I want to throw out. I'm thankful for the millennials we have in this house. If you're a millennial, if you're 20 something, make some noise real quick. I'm thankful for that. I really am. But 59% of millennials that were raised in church are not in church today. They're not in this, this mix today. We've got to get in the mix, people. We've got to get in the mix, people. 59%. And here's the thing. They don't need your words as much as they need your hand. I read an article regarding this. They want to be mentored, not preached at. I'm not saying the preaching of the word isn't important. But this generation, they can hear some of the best preachers ever online better than I'll ever be, right online. They can go look and listen to good inspirational talks, TED Talks. I love TED Talks. I get almost saved listening to TED Talks, I'm telling you. You know? They have all that at their fingertips. And for that reason, here's what the quote was in the, in the article, for that reason, the currency of good preaching is at its lowest value in history. And I want to say something about that. Thank God. Because that means it's not about the pastor, it's not about the platform. That means that it's about the priests. I don't know how many people we have here. There's more people here this Sunday than last Sunday. Last Sunday, I think Pastor Brantley said we had 447 people. You know what that means? We had 447 priests in this campus last Sunday. Give God praise for that. The article said this, millennials crave relationship to have someone walking beside them through the muck. We are the generation, it said, with the highest ever percentage of fatherless homes. We're looking for mentors who are authentically invested in our lives and our future. If we don't have real people who actually care about us, why not just listen to a sermon from the couch? At least I can do that in eating donuts and wearing sweatpants, it says. Guys, I want to stand to our feet. We need to be a people that join in the mix, that get in the mix, that join our hands with what God is doing. Because there's generations coming up and there's generations right now that they need that. Those that I had you holding hands, get up here real quick. Come up, come up, come up, come up. Come up real quick. Come and just grab hands, just grab hands. Just grab hands all along the front, all along the front. 
all on the front. Let me ask you this question. Are you going to get in the mix? Are you going to link hands? Are you going to get in the mix of what God's doing to spread that message of hope around this world, around this community? Are you going to get in the mix? Who's worth you getting in the mix for? Who in your life is worth you going out on the limb and getting in the mix for? Going out into the waters. They said that water was 15 feet deep. Deep enough to drown in. You can't touch the bottom at 15 feet deep, especially with the waves moving. And here I want to tell you something that's absolutely amazing. Because there's people in this room, you're saying, Pastor, I want in the mix. I have nothing to offer. Pastor, I want in the mix, but I'm so weak. Pastor, I want in the mix, but I can't even swim. Pastor, I want in the mix. I want to connect and help folk, but I need help myself. Do you know... In the article I read about that that saving that took place, that rescue, there was people in the mix that couldn't even swim. Is that crazy? People that literally allowed themselves to go out where they could not swim, but all they had to do was just shout, say, hold on. That's all they had to do was just hold on. Oh, I love that. And so you may be in this house this morning and say, Pastor, last night I shot up with heroin. And I don't deserve to be in the mix. Oh, yes, you do. Because we need some addicts in this house to show us what it looks like when there's brokenness. We need some addicts in this house to show us what it looks like to daily have to call upon the name of Jesus. And we can learn so much from you. I'm not saying you'll stay bound forever, but don't wait till you can swim hold on that love that's like fire is taking hold of you and that love that's like fire when you connect God will use that to reach other people amen I'm going to do something really bold in the first service it was easier because we had a young girl in the first service named Cassie how many remember Cassie about 9-10 months ago Cassie came to us and when she came to us she was all tweaking she was tweaking she was tweaking back all methed out she started coming. We started loving on her. And she's so friendly. And so instantly, hey, would you want to serve? She didn't feel worthy. We put her on the front door. Cassie began to love on people. Hi, welcome to Momentum. She's happy. She was broken, but she was willing to swim. When we went, when we went to launch those six churches last September, she went with a team to Douglasville and helped. She was broken. But she was willing to take hold even though she wasn't swimming just yet, you know? And then I get a call from her auntie. Her auntie lives across the street. How did Cassie show up here? We walked the neighborhood and we talked to people. And every single neighbor over here we got to know. And when there was a need, Cassie came. And her aunt calls and says, Pastor. She was in the first service. I had her come up and get right here in the line. And then she said, auntie said, Pastor, she's locked herself in a bathroom for two days. She won't come out. On a bender, a mess. And I knock on the door. Cassie, honey, pastor wants to talk to you. Cassie, sweetie, I'm not good at talking through doors. <laughs> I just want to see you, honey. Would you open the door? I just want to talk to you. She opens the door, and she's a mess. We got her into rehab, and she's been in that program, and she's home now after nine months. Praise the Lord. Amen. And this morning, amen, amen. It wasn't an accident that her first day back was the day of this sermon. I, I'd already planned on this idea of, that I'm going to do right now. And it was so much easier in the first service because I just said, Cassie, stand right here. Here's what I want to do. Because our family looks diverse. But sometimes people feel out of place because they're struggle, not because of their skin type. Sometimes people feel out of place because of their hardship not because of the amount of wealth they have or they don't have. And the fight they're going through, they don't feel like they can swim, and so they just discount themselves. And we want you to know, if you're here today, we want you right here. And so here's what I'm going to do. This is what the Lord told me to do. In the first service we did it, if you are struggling with some addiction, and we're not going to do this with everybody, but this is heavy, guys, but this is the family we are. If you're struggling with some addiction, I want you to hold your hand up. If that's you, if you're bold enough, just... I see that hand. Sweetheart, would you, would you come and stand in this? We need you in this house. We need, come stand right here. Sp- spread out there, buds, 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 buds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you welcome her right here? Oh, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Is there anybody else right now struggling with an addiction? It doesn't matter what kind of addiction. It doesn't matter what kind of addiction. One more. One more over here, right here, right here, son. Come on, son. Come on, son. Spread out right here. Let's put it right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. In our weakness, God becomes strong. Amen? And I know the enemy would want to tell us that we're only as strong as our weakest link, but I have a feeling that through the power of the Holy Spirit, weakness might be strong because of our weakest link. Let's just stretch your hands this way. Father, right now, those in this house that are struggling with addictions, Lord, we welcome them and we thank you that they're a part of this house. God, we ask for victory and deliverance and strength. And Lord, day to day that we can learn from them as they learn from us and vice versa, God. As we look to you, you are our victor. You are the one that has sung a song of redemption and ransom and hope from the dawn of time. And we choose in our hearts to join in the mix and sing that song as well to everyone that will listen. In Jesus' name, give God a big praise in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all can go back to your seat. One last thing. Thank you, Jesus. One last thing on August 6th. That's a Sunday when so many folk come back to the house of the Lord. That's a Sunday when people get their kids back in school and they make decisions, kind of like the new year of resolution. It's going to be different now. And, and so I believe if you'll invite some folk to come August 6th, God's going to do some great things that day. I believe if you tell a few people you belong here, they'll believe it because they do. And they'll show up, amen? And so a couple things. One, on your seat is a You Belong Here card. There's two cards for each person. Take those. And right now this week, pray for the people that you're going to invite and begin inviting people to come on August 6th. I can come next week too, but I'm just saying August 6th is a big day. And invite them to come. Also, you can go out to the foyer, and there's a big, huge thing that was given to us that says You Belong Here. It's huge. You can take pictures of that with you in it and post it on Facebook and other social media outlets, of which I can't ever say I'm right, Twitter and all that good stuff, all right? So you can go do that, and that's awesome, all right? <laughs> but just know without a doubt that it's your place to share, to be a part in the mix, amen? There's a world that's drowning, and they just need you to take hold and get in the mix. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.